And welcome to another episode of Made the Deuce. I'm Ryan Evan, joined as always. Matt, feeling under the weather, McCumber. He's got his he's got his Jordan 90, was it 97 going tonight? It's the flu game time, <laughs> yep. And, and of course, as always, the man with the plan, Urbana's finest, Kevin <laughs> Ducey. What's up, what's up, what's up, amigos? I piled the stats here and... uh I got a one-game lead on Matt in the regular picks, but I got a two-game lead on him in the locks. So okay. I knew I'm it had five, to be pretty close. I'm five and six on the locks. Matt, you're three and eight. And uh, I think I'm 29 and 27 overall. And you're 28, 28. Uh, but really? when you add in the locks, it moves things around a little bit. So you guys are flat relying around 500. Imagine that, guys. Isn't that funny how this gambling stuff works, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's yeah. like – it's crazy how just like and I will say if it's if you could choose to be at 500 or right above 500 or be under 500 I can assure you I know which one you'd rather be absolutely yeah well it's one of those things that you know I mean this we do the show obviously for fun and if people really I mean if people are gambling and have a problem with it where they're not paying their bills by all means please seek some help for that uh but if you're utilizing the opportunity to gamble to maybe make a little bit of money or even lose a little bit of money but enjoy a game more then that's what this is really intended for and you know it's one of those things like i was watching the end of the ohio state rutgers game last week i, I have no dog in that hunt i mean obviously you want rutgers to win but the game is over and i know matt and i are both sitting there watching it like oh my goodness they're going through it for them in the fourth down in, in in ohio state territory and they, they gave it up, and, of course, Ohio State punches it in for a touchdown. I was like, just do anything but score here, and we get the backdoor beat. And yeah. uh, But that's that's gambling. That's what this game does to you. There's, I, I, It's one of those ones, like, I would tell you this. Anybody who watched that Ohio State-Rutgers game knows that Matt and I were on the right side of that pick, right. yeah. and we just missed it. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, they're up at half. I mean, there's not much you can do. Um, and I actually played it with my own good hard-earned money, but I got in at 19, so I pushed on it. So there was a little saving grace there, but still was a bad beat in the overall um, scheme of things. Oh, with a, yeah, without question. It was – I mean, it's just uh, – and, and there's been several of that this year. You know, the Notre Dame rips off the touchdown late against Duke that we were on. I yeah. think we were both on the wrong side of that one. It's just – but you know what? I mean, it's part of the game, and it's why Vegas is – been so good at building. And, building and I'm going to say this, though, and maybe it's, you know, people like, oh, no, they wouldn't risk doing it. But you know there's people on most of these t- teams and staffs and that they know the spreads, man. The, the people in charge of Ohio State, you, you don't think anybody's putting money on that on their side? Like, let's let's put this up. Let, let, come on. You know there is. It's like no, it's I, funny. I'm, it's like the Tim, the Tim Donahue, the NBA baloney. Like, there's it always comes out somehow magically, you know. I would say when I was coaching college basketball in my earlier years, gambling was not, I mean, sure it was around, but it, it since it was not legalized, nobody would really talk about it. Yeah, you might see some lines here or there, but it wasn't on the ticker on ESPN. We didn't talk about it as staffs. Nobody said anything about it. I didn't know. I didn't even know what betting was at that time and, or, you know, how to go about it. But, over the years, these last, especially these last four or five years, it's 
a lot more of a conversation, especially with social media. Yeah. Um, so, on, and then, and then we got not just our podcasts and shows like ESPN's got their daily bets, you know? Oh it's, yeah. I mean, like, it's like, Hey, coming up next, you know, while they're in the middle of interviewing a college athlete, the daily bet at five 30, you know, it's like, no one cares. So yeah. I'm like, I know there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. Like who would have thought this Connor Stallions thing would have been like, like, yeah. you're like, what this dude's really acting like Bobby Valentine from the Mets, you know? <laughs> He's in the he's in a dugout with a costume on. Like you got Connor Stallions dressed up as a Central Michigan coach. You know, it's just crazy the depths of things that you really think about. You know, and you're like, I'm just gonna go to a game. So, uh, with that, let's go to the first game on the docket, you guys. Let's get you both above way above 500. So let's do it. We're gonna start with Tennessee at Missouri against a very good Missouri team. It's hard to say. Misery team, who Illinois will be taking part of a, this, that rivalry is going to be rejoining here in a couple seasons. So Illinois yeah. get it right, and, and it's an ongoing one from the looks of it, uh, right? I mean, it's it's I think there's six years on the schedule. So yeah, they better get it going because uh, as much as we want to make fun of dorky, uh, <laughs> um, whatever, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah nerd with Dorkowitz. It's uh, Missouri had a heck of a showing last week at Georgia. Uh, It looked like they were on the, they were driving to possibly have a late win the game late. And, you know, Georgia had a lineman pick off uh, the ball and run it down to the red zone. And that pretty much sealed the game there, you know, and Tennessee has been doing kind of what you expected this year. You know, they didn't have that early, you know, Hendon hooker type pub to get them in the top four, but they've been pretty good. You know, they're in the top 20 again this year. And, uh, so this is going to be in Columbia, which is going to be tough. Missouri's been pretty good there. So, Matt, we're going to start with you. The line, one and a half for Tennessee. That's a little surprising to me. I yeah. Think, I feel like Missouri should at least be favored. But what's your take here? I'm going to go ahead and jump on the Tennessee Vols minus one and a half here. Um, I'd say that a couple couple reasons. Um, Tennessee's kind of switched their offense overnight with not – too much fanfare here. They were really pass heavy last year. And this year they've a lot more run heavy. And I think they're third in the country in rushing offense. They've got a great O-line. I love that. They've got five backs averaging at least five yards per carry, which is pretty unheard of. Five different running backs. Um, so th- they've got a lot of weapons um, to run the ball. Nobody really gets too tired throughout. A lot of carries. Um and it's really been working for them. Now, Mizzou's got a pretty stout defense, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, they exerted a ton of effort last week and energy. And Luther Burton, their superstar wide receiver, got hurt and was kind of a decoy in the in this whole second half. Didn't really come into play at all. I kind of worry about him this week. Not, I think, I mean, he's going to play, but how healthy is he? How, how are they going to be able to utilize him? Um, when it's this close and with Mizzou, one of Mizzou's probably best player, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the Vols. Vols, both of these teams are second place in the SEC East. So this is to kind of get, um, second by themselves. Um, Milton last week, uh, last two games over 80% uh, pass completion with over 431 yards and three TDs, no interceptions. He's playing very well. Mizzou again, like you said, good team. I'm just going to take the better team that I think right now, especially at this spread, I'll take the Vols minus one and a half. 
Man, you just that's fine. You went just completely against me about that. You know, I'm like, man, I'm like, Missouri should be favoring this. You're like, no. <laughs> this is all the way. Balls, go balls. Uh Kevin, what do you think, man? You you know, remember you guys are competing against each other here. So what do you yeah, think? Yeah. Um I mean I'm I'm glad that that Joe Milton can go out there and have complete a bunch of passes against UConn and Tennessee can wrap <laughs> a whole a whole bunch of stats against a garbage team like UConn and and get 14 and 16 and 25 yards per carry as you look at, I mean there's a lot of stats that are skewed there my friend not so fast my friend uh, <laughs> no I, I'm just kind of busting Matt's balls a little bit there um my, my biggest thing is I'm I'm not a, I'm not a Joe Milton believer and I Tennessee for the most part this season has had a little bit of struggles on offense of, of like getting in the end zone and being able to score Missouri's offense has shown to be pretty dynamic uh, they're a little bit battle tested here coming off of playing Georgia. They're playing at home and I get a point and a half. The one aspect for me that bothers me here, Ryan, is exactly what you said is the average Joe better is looking at this game and saying, Hey, listen, I got a, a ranked versus ranked game 13 versus 14. I think. Yes. And I get the team at home who they're ranked virtually the same. And the home team is getting a point and a half. Joe Q public better is going to be all over Missouri on this one. And so I don't like doing this. Uh, I, th I think this is a weird line, just like you said. And when I normally have weird lines, I lean into the weirdness like I did last week with my lock with Iowa State and I lost. So I'm going to take a little bit of my medicine here and I'm just going to take the home team. I believe Farrell Fields worth, worth a couple points here. I think Joe Milton has a tendency to make some mistakes. Uh, the, the health concern of Luther Burden III is a big, it's a big deal because that dude is freaking dynamic. I mean, he is, he is round one NFL draft material. Uh, I think he's a true sophomore, if I'm correct. Yeah, you can't come out. Yet, Thank but. goodness he's going to be gone when the Illinois series starts. <laughs> he he will be he will be a top 15 pick next year in the in the 2025 draft. Book it. Uh, yep, absolutely. But I'm still I'm, I'm gonna take Missouri on this one, and anybody who knows me, you guys know me. It like rips at my soul to pick those jackasses. I hate them so. And and you know what? It's too bad that this is a two thirty because this would have been a home dog in prime time. It but you know been. what? It is still it's gonna be prime time when the game's over. Finishing. Yeah. <laughs> Columbia Columbia's feeling themselves right now. I mean, they 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 for a moment they had their mo the number one recruiting class in 2024. And yeah. so Cooper Flag uh, committed to Duke. I think it pushed Duke over the top there. And this football team seven and two, dude. And I, I hate to say this, that's a really good, competent football team right now. Their two losses are to LSU and to Georgia. Uh they they they've impressed me, man. And uh, I, I think that they they I think Dorkowitz has got something going there. Yep, yep. So, okay, you each you had different picks on that one. Good. So that's yeah. gonna there's gonna be a separator, separation starting. Let's see if this is, if the trend continues here. With we're gonna go to the final matchup of this uh, you know rivalry here, Utah and the Washington Huskies play pretty much the farewell matchup because Washington will be joining the Big Eighteen next year and uh so nine and a half point favorites washington at home um and i can i can understand that because um you know washington definitely i would say better defense than usc i know usc and washington put 94 points up last week 
Uh, you know, we were talking about that, what, 70? I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to be enough, right? Uh, so, but Washington's defense, you know, Caleb Williams obviously did, did some damage, but Washington has shown, you know, against Oregon when it needed to make some stops, they could do that. And is Michael Penix, you know, is he going to, you know, sh- finally show back up and be that Heisman Trophy type guy? Because even against USC last week, he didn't look – Amazing. It was they had a running back that rushed for like 300 yards and four touchdowns. So, what do you see here? Is the pig farmer Kev gonna yeah. keep this nine and a half point spread? Is he gonna is he gonna push him over the hump here? No. Here's here's the challenge: is that Utah Utah's offense is really the lack of proficiency is starting to rear its head. Yeah, uh, they, they only Barnes, by the way, Bryson Barnes, I think Bryson Barnes, yep. and a tough kid. Really respect him. Um, they, they were doing it with smoke and mirrors, in my opinion, early in the season. I really liked what they were doing. I believe Kyle Whittingham was doing a hell of a coaching job. But the Cam Rising being out and is just really starting to rear its head. Um, like I said, they only had, I think, seven points against – six points against Oregon. Now, granted, they had a get-right game last week against Arizona State, but Arizona State is terrible. Uh, I just do not think that Utah is going to be able to score enough Washington's defense is not great, but it's certainly not bad. And I don't believe they're going to be able to score enough to stay within this number here. I see this being something like 38-24, um, 30-17, something like that. I, I in, in Washington's dynamic with what they have with Penix and Ryan, you're right, number seven was incredible. I'm trying to remember his name uh, for Washington last week. I, I watched that game. That game was yeah. really entertaining. It was a lot of fun watch. If you like offense, it was, it was all for you there. And if you like watching USC lose, which I do, mm-hmm. uh, especially as a guy who attended the Rose bowl back in, back in 07, the 08 Rose bowl in 2007 season and had to deal with those yahoos. I, yeah, yeah I just, uh, Washington, I, I think the wheels are going to start to fall off for Utah at this point in time. I, I like Washington. I get the home team. I get the better quarterback. Nine and a half is a big number. I would really like this a lot better, six and a half, seven and a half. But I still think that Washington wins by 10. Give me the Huskies. And I am in agreement with the deuce here because he's exactly right. I just, I see Utah as a middling Big 12 or Big Pac 12 team right now. Um, They were getting it done with smoke and mirrors. I, I give credit. To Bryson Barnes, he's toughing it out. He's a freshman. He's out there throwing it in the fire, doing the best he can. It's kind of caught up with him a little bit. Um, Washington's defense still can get things done when they need to get stops. Um, I know they gave up 42 last week to USC, but um, I, I just think Washington can score way too many points for Utah to keep up. Utah's 10th in the Pac-12 in scoring, um, and so I – yeah, maybe 20 points, 21 points here, but uh, Washington's going to be well over 35 at least. Um, I think, you know, nine and a half. If it was 10 and a half, you know, I would have maybe taken the Utes here, but uh, I, I like it under 10. Um, 60% chance of rain, by the way, just uh, an FYI Ooh. here. So, I, I don't think it's going to affect Washington too much, but I think it'll affect Utah and how they play um, as far as trying to control the game more and maybe be a little more conservative so uh, Barnes doesn't turn the ball over. 
Um, so it might not lead to a lot of scores, but um, yeah, I'm going to go Huskies here at home. They're nine and zero. They're trying to get to the call. I mean, they're already in the college football playoff, but they're trying to stay there. Uh, they got a lot riding on this game. They can't, they know they can't mess up. Give me the Huskies. Nine and and actually, actually, Matt, Washington's number five, so they're not in the call. Oh, that, well, yeah, you're right outside of it. But yeah, yes. I mean, that's a big deal, man. I mean, that is, I mean, it's crazy too. It's like we know that we know that one of Michigan or Ohio State's going to lose. So, yeah, yeah. if Washington continues to win and they're undefeated, they will be in the college football playoff. But until that final matchup, it's like, it doesn't matter, you know, what they do. They're, you just know they're not going to bump. They're going to move. I do want. To, I do want to say one point to Matt's point about sixty percent chance of rain because most of the people that probably listen to this podcast are from Central Illinois or have Midwest roots. Yeah, <laughs> it's that not, what they, that's drizzle. Sixty percent yeah. of drizzle. It don't rain up there. It just drizzles. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. It's not going to affect Washington. They're uh-huh. used to it. That's all day, every day. It's going to mm-hmm. affect Utah. And how they play. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, with that, we'll move transition a little bit back to the good old SEC. And we're going to head back down to old Athens and we're going to have Lane Kiffins. To me, it's like, it's a good thing. It's like Ole Miss's teams just, it's almost like Penn State year after year, right? They beat a lot of the, t- the other teams. Yeah. But when it comes down to Bama and comes down to Georgia and, even so I think one year I think they snuck by LSU, but they just never can get past those teams. So it's like eight and four, nine and three every year, which is a good problem to have. But here we go again. Ole Miss, eight and one, top ten, right? Ten and a half point dog in, in Athens. Does Jackson Dart and Ole Miss have anything that could challenge, you know, Georgia? Like you know, Missouri gave them their best punch and still wasn't good enough. Right. Is Ole Miss can he be able to at least crack inside the double digit mark, uh, Matt? I am going to say no. Um, I'm a little hesitant because I think this could be a, you know, backdoor cover with the ability of Ole Miss's offense. But I still think at the end of the day, don't love the hook here of 10 and a half. But I'm, I'm, it's kind of like my Nick Saban rule. I'm not betting against Georgia at home under the lights, 630 with uh, SEC title game on the line. If they win this, they're in the SEC title game. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Um, That's where they ultimately want to be. Obviously, um, they're still trying to get that number one seed in the college football playoff. Um, And I think this game boils down to Ole Miss converting on only 30% of their third downs. And Georgia is third in the NCAA in um, preventing teams from converting on third downs. Um, so, and they only uh, let teams convert in 26% of the time. So something's got to give here. I, I don't think Ole Miss is going to fare very well in uh, those third down convi- conversions. Um, they need long sustained drives to have a chance in this game. I think, you know, you got a, a head coach that likes to take gambles here. Um, he goes for it on fourth down a lot. I don't know. If that's going to sway in their favor or not, hey, it could help them. But I think most times than not, Lane Kiffin kind of, you know, overshoots his skis a little bit. He knows – both these coaches know know each other very well. They're on the same staff at, uh, at Bama. But I'm going to take Georgia here. Georgia's converting almost 60% of their third-down conversions. 
they know how to win. It's at home. SEC title game on the line. Give me, give me the Bulldogs. Yeah, I, I'm with Matt on this one. I don't like the number. It's a little, it's a little high from. So, so you know, we talk about this all the time in the show. We give you the games that the people want to talk about. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna make any real investment on my own side on this number here. I might look at the total. Uh, however, how am I gonna bet against Kirby Smart and the Georgia? They, they, they haven't lost. They've won 26 straight games, and. Yeah. I think there's a level like they've won 26, 27 straight games, something like that. And they're number two in the college football. Number, the, the, the level of disrespect that that comes with because because Ohio State sneaked one out against a Notre Dame team that we're wondering if they're that good because uh, no, he's lost three State, games. Like, yeah, he's got a, Ohio State got a hold a defensive holding call that would have been a Penn State touchdown. I mean, like they are Ohio State who's losing to Maryland at halftime, losing to Rutgers at halftime, and you've got Georgia number two. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm, I'm going to play off the college football emotions here. They're at home. It's at night. Yes, I do believe Brock Bowers being out is is not ideal here. And I actually want to touch on this. We're we're heading into every everybody's playing like their tenth game of the season this year. Who's the Heisman Trophy front runner right now? Either. Brock Bauer would have stayed healthy. Could we have had a tight end win a Heisman Trophy? It, it would have been close. He would have been probably top three. I mean, it. I mean, could could, could I mean, yeah, Penix, Penix, Penix has to be one or two though, Penix, even though he's Penix had, or Knicks right now. I mean, yeah, is yep. Jordan Travis in that list? Jordan Travis probably third. Yeah, uh, but I mean, we literally could have had a tight end here. Uh, you know, frankly, I think Johnny Newton and Cooper DeJean probably should be getting some consideration. <laughs> yeah, you know, that good. Um, but I, I think Georgia asserts its will here. I think they're going to be a little pissed off. It's between the hedges. It's at night. Uh, I, I Jackson Dart's a good quarterback. The kid from Georgia, I don't even know his name. Their numbers are almost exactly similar. Uh, just give me the dog. Give me the dogs here. Uh, I think they win by two touchdowns. I think this ends up being something like 31-17. Carson Beck, right? Carson, yeah, yeah. Kids, kids play well. Like he, hey. he really has. He was a little shaky to start. With, you know, had some jitters and going out there learning. But I, he's been great the last four or five weeks. And Edward Edwards, their star running back, is really starting to find some things there. The, the Mississippi does have the, the Jug, Judkins guy who's pretty solid. Uh, they're they're uh, Mississippi's showed up as offensive line early in the season. Offensive line was playing really poorly, and, and they they've gotten it better. Uh, but still, if you were poor at one point in the season, you can be poor at another point in the season. Georgia's not the team to have a poor showing. It could be, right. it could be dangerous for old Jackson Dart back there. They might have to turn over to Spencer Sanders, former Oklahoma State Man. guy. <laughs> it would have been Luke Altmyer time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Hell, he, hey, Lukey Legs would have shown him what was up. Dude, if Spencer Sanders was still at Oklahoma State, would they be 9-0? No. They might uh -huh. be. Uh, I mean, they were playing. They, play, they were really terrible though the first few weeks. They lost twenty three to nothing to, to South Alabama, and now they're seven and two. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, let's move to some. Let's move to the real big conference in this country. Let me tell you, Michigan, Penn State. I'm talking about big noon kickoff. Joel Klatt, <laughs> Gus Johnson, live in in living color from Happy Valley. It's a whiteout. Is Penn State finally going to get that elusive big win? And you know what? Michigan's just been blowing everybody's doors off, right? They haven't really had any close games this year. You know what? And so, Kevin, we're going to be uh, – Matt, we're starting out with you again? Or is this Kevin? Yeah. It's Kev, okay. Yeah. 
So does that come into play, though, with the team, even though, you know, we've got McCarthy and all these boys had big matchups, Corum. They had some very close games last year, obviously, as we know. But having a year off where you don't really have much of a test, any type of environment like this, does that come into play in this, Kev? Well, it's funny because I was looking at the schedules and I was like, okay, what? Ohio State, I mean, Michigan's best win. They're terrible. It's Rutgers. Rutgers at in the big house, 31 to 7. Now, Penn State, you could look at their schedule and say, who's their best win? Maybe West Virginia, a team they beat by 23. West Virginia, a team that's that's proved to be a little bit better. Yeah, 6-3. The, They're actually pretty they're, decent. They're, yeah. still, they should be 7-2. and two. They shit the bed in that game against oh, Houston. Oh, my goodness. And then terrible. there's this Illinois team that should be 5-3 and three probably as well. But, yeah, <laughs> I won't talk about that. But they, but Penn State also beat Iowa 31 to nothing. So I'm, yeah. I'm like weighing these out. Neither one of these teams have has like a signature win yet, and they both really need one. The challenge for me, and I was going to present some stats to Matt, and I didn't, but but Michigan went like a four-game stretch where they had like a total of three penalties and zero turnovers. Man. And when I talk about three penalties, I'm talking about three penalties over the four games, not three penalties per game, and zero turnovers. They have like four turnovers the entire season. They yeah. average they average twenty like 23 yards of penalties per game. They just flat out do not do anything to beat themselves. That being said, the step up in competition here and what Penn State's defensive line is doing right now and their, their front seven, they are flying around the ball. It might be the best front seven in the country right now. Uh, I think it's the best front seven in the Big Ten, which is saying something because Ohio State's is really good and so is Michigan's, obviously. Four and a half points is too many for me here. I get the home team. I don't. I really would have preferred this game just for the pure aesthetics of the college football fan of getting this uh, a seven o'clock start yeah. in with the whiteout. Um, but I think I think Penn State's going to come amped up for this game. I think it's going to be a slobber knocker of a game. I think the defenses are going to show out unless we get some defensive scores, which we had last year in the Ohio State Penn State game where uh, JTT got the pick six late and kind of skewed the score up a little bit. But I think this game is going to be something like 2017, 17-14. Uh, and yep. when I think of the score being that low and really defensive generated and I get four and a half points with the home team, I'm going to take the home team in that regard. I think Michigan probably wins this game, but I don't think they win by much. Uh, give me the give me the Nittany Lions plus the four and a half. <clears throat> Not so fast. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I started doing an analysis on this one, looking it over, and you're, you're completely right. Michigan hasn't played anybody all season. Um, but they just methodically move the ball down the field. Three runs in a row. Let's line them up again. Let's keep that clock a-chewing. We'll pass every once in a while. It's they're 60-40 on rush pass. Um, they don't beat themselves. I think they're going to be everything surrounding their program right now. Um, yeah, there's some outside voices, but I think they're pretty locked in with what they got going. Um, I kind of like in Penn State here, they're great when they've got the lead and Drew Aller can sit back in the pocket and, you know, pick apart the defense a little bit and feel comfortable. But when he's got guys rushing at him, uh, it might be a little bit different story. They don't play great when they're behind. Um, and I know it hasn't happened often. They're eight and one, but um, you know, he, he didn't have a great game when they were playing from behind. 
you got um, Michigan's second slowest pace in the NCAA. That's another key it's factor not- for for an, an under of 44 and a half. So I like Kev's uh, mention of that. I, I agree. I think his maybe 24, you know, 14, something like that, 17, 24, 17. But I think it stays under the 44 and a half. Um, Aller, only 70% of his passes are, or his 70% of his passes are 10 yards or fewer. They don't, Penn State does not have a deep threat here. Um, he doesn't, you know, usually throw it down the field for sake of possible interceptions and turnovers. Um, I just, Michigan, second best secondary in the NCAA, according to success rate of, of passing. So I, I went back and forth on this. I, I said Penn State first because of the home advantage. I think it will matter in the first quarter. I think the rest of the three quarters belong to Michigan here. I think they're going to hold the ball. I think they're going to do what they do. I think they're going to get a lead at some point before halftime, and they're not going to relinquish the ball up, and Penn State's not going to be able to score and keep up with it. So give me the Wolverines minus four and a half. I do like the under in this because of the pace of play. Sprinkle that under. Yeah. We got to look at weather this one. I mean, it's in the Happy Valley in November. That could that could, that could come into play. Yeah. All right. So Matt doesn't think the uh, that Michigan playing nobody matters at all. So hey, I, I don't think it's going to matter. Okay. I mean, it is fair. That's fair. I know Michigan's yeah. got plenty of talent, but uh, man, you got to think one of these days and years, right? Penn State will get that big win over these guys, but. Uh, I think it's been 2016 or 2017. I think it was the year that they did beat. Was it Ohio State? And they remember they got just left out of the college football playoff. Oh yeah, no, that was that was I think maybe one of the worst ones we'd seen. I think Penn State definitely deserved to be in. Um, so finishing up on this docket before we get to the locks, we're going to go to Miami, heading to Tallahassee to face the Florida State Seminoles, who I believe were fourth. Yeah. Yeah, nine and zero fourth. Yeah, fourth in the college football playoff, so they're controlling their own destiny right now. Um, and uh, Miami coming off a twenty to six just drubbing from North Carolina State. They just literally it was like smothered them. Yeah, you know, just, just whatever. Just you know what I mean. It was it was ugly. You know, and uh, he's having to answer a lot of questions down there. Um, just about some mismanagement of time clocks, uh, play clocks a few weeks ago, and then just not showing up here against NC State. You know, the 14-and-a-half-point favorites here, Florida State, um, they're rolling. So is there any way Miami can – at least it's a big – This is 14-and-a-half is a lot. It's a lot. So any way uh, you think Miami hangs in here, Matt? I do. I think they cover the 14-and-a-half because this is a – Rivalry game, way too many points for a rivalry game for me. Um, this has always been, you know, they have their years where their drubbings mixed in, but it's always very competitive. You got guys that all grew up in the same neighborhoods, played each other in high school, know each other very well. A lot of trash talking going on. It's a great rivalry. But I think Miami can't play any worse than they played last week. They were terrible. Season low six points. I think they had 251 yards of total offense. Um, I think it would change. I think Van Dyke may not start. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a come to Jesus uh, week for the Miami Hurricanes here because 
um, they, they were just so awful. And it's a, a time to refocus. They know what they have ahead of them. Uh, Florida State's already in the ACC title game. I know that doesn't mean much because they're still fourth in the college football playoff. They know they got to win for that. But at the same time, you know, I, I just think way too many points for a rivalry game. Give me the Hurricanes. They should be 7-2. and two. Um, I think they're a little, you know, undervalued here by Vegas. Um, Florida State still wins here, but not by more than 14 and a half. Uh, Miami is the most enigmatic team in college football. Yeah. This team makes no fucking sense. This team lost to Georgia Tech at home in a game they had clearly wrapped up. And since then, they got shellacked by North Carolina. I don't care what the score says. I watched the game. It was like 35-17 in the fourth quarter. And maybe Miami got some garbage touchdowns there to close the gap on it. Then somehow, some way, they find a way in double OT to beat Clemson. Then the following week, they go to OT against garbage-ass Virginia in Miami and find a way to win. And then last week, they get their ass beat by an NC State team that's been pretty bleh, right? I mean, yeah. NC, State, NC State got waxed by Duke. I mean, struggled with Marshall, got beat by Louisville. I mean, I just don't understand this Miami team at all. Yeah, Notre Dame dominated them in their matchup. Right. I don't get I don't get who this team is. I have no idea who they are. And they're going to Tallahassee for what's a rivalry game. The only thing I can think of here is this spread should be 21 and a half. I mean, I mean, I, I just I, I don't I think Georgia Tech kind of broke Miami. And what 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 I'm getting at here is this game is gonna go one of two ways. It will. It's it's going to be a close game that Florida State has to fight to win. Or Florida State's going to beat them by 40. I mean, it's literally going to be 51 to 7, or it's going to be 31 28. Yeah. And in a rivalry game, you're exactly right. So many few of the 51 to 7s that I have to lean to the 31 28 here. I hate taking this game. I do not like Miami. I've been a quasi Florida State fan from the time I was a little kid. But I'm going to take the Canes plus the 14 and a half. I do think there's a little bit of this Florida State maybe feeling themselves a little bit. They're in the top four. They're just they're going to show up and they're just going to beat the Canes. There's still a lot of talent. There's still a ton of talent there uh, in Coral Gables, and uh, I just I just don't know who they, I just don't know who they are or what team shows up. And if they show up with a team with a fight, Florida State will have a fight on its hands. Florida State's also pretty enigmatic as well, right? They've shown yeah. they. they almost blew a game against Boston College. They haven't trounced people when they've had the opportunities. So I just – this is just so weird for me. Rivalry game, 14 and a half points. Give me, give me the points in this situation. Yeah, I love it. I, I will say Florida State last week, three wide receivers out, two are studs, uh, one safety, one corner, and one D tackle. Um, they're a little banged up. I think two of the three receivers will be back this week to play, but they weren't streak. They weren't even dressed last week, so we'll see. Um, Miami's had some issues with injuries as well, especially on their offensive line. So, um, you know, it, it's a toss up here, but I'm with Kev. It's just too many for a rivalry. Yeah, uh, all those injuries to the wide receiving core and Deuce Span ain't doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I saw him have one big play against. He Duke. did have one. He right. Um, so Kev, time to some redeem redemption time. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
This is for you fans. I want you to get on FanDuel. I don't care where you go. You can get on BetMGM. You can get. I'm doing shameless plugs. Maybe we'll get one. Pick us up. Uh, <laughs> DraftKings. Yeah, come on. Uh, what's another one? Uh, anyway. Net Rivers. Yeah. I, I would love. I would love to take two locks this week because I love two games this week. Matt, you you got another one in your back pocket? Uh, I can find one real quick. Go All for right. it. So so find one while Kevin's going off. It just just rattle, Kevin. Keep going. Keep up. We need the time. So. Uh, so two, all right, two locks from Kevin this week. He feels good about. Go ahead. All right, so one of them is a game we already discussed. So let's just jump right. Oh, we oh, excuse me, we haven't discussed. Um, but you you touched on it a little bit. Okay, so I get Oregon and USC and an over under of seventy three points. Unless Caleb Williams quits playing football, which it felt like he might have done after the last game, there yeah. is no way. There is no way in hell this game is staying under seventy three points. Absolutely no way. Oregon might hang 73 on them themselves. I mean, you talk about last week's game of Washington being in the 90s. I see this being similar. I Maybe maybe not as close as a game. Maybe it's 56 to 35. But I'm telling you, Oregon's going to score all the points they want. And USC still has a dynamic offense. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna get at least 30 to 35. Yeah. So give me over 73, please, all day long. Take the over. I know it seems like a sucker bet. But you know what also makes it fun is you get to watch that game and cheer for all the offense. Yeah, it's yeah, true. A lot of fun to cheer that one. That was not the lock I submitted earlier today, but it is the I'm I'm rolling with that. I love that lock, and I put my brother Matt on the spot. He does not have to take a lot two locks this week if he doesn't. <laughs> but I love that one. Yeah, he's looking at badminton matches right now. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> he's looking at cricket scores. He's looking at like the third tier level of. Uh, uh, English league soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the bright. Okay. I've got Cambridge the bright United. Rivers. Cambridge United over. <laughs> the Rexham. Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> All right. Actually, funny. I, I know I know uh, one of the owners of uh, Cambridge United, which is a tertiary league in the English Premier League, English soccer league or whatever. And then uh, the, the game I also chose um, that I sent earlier is Iowa State heads to Provo. To play BYU. No, oh, yeah. Love it. Nine o'clock central time. And I get yeah. BYU plus seven points. Yeah. I get a home dog in prime time in Provo in altitude. <laughs> I've talked about it before when Matt took him over Texas Tech because I love that game. It was going to be my lock and he beat me to it and we couldn't take the same lock. Like he just he, he typed it faster than I did. Kudos <laughs> to him. It's almost like a lock. BYU needs to like schedule all their non top three or four Big 12 opponents in late night games there. Dude, I don't, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, people playing there like in Provo's tough, dude. I mean, the only team that's come out of Provo with, well, TCU did handle them pretty easily. Texas beat them, but I just, I love BYU at home, man. I mean, it's, well, actually, wait a second. BYU at home this year. I don't think they've lost at home. They they smacked yeah. they smacked Cincinnati around. I remember that. Yeah, they're undefeated at home. Yeah, they beat Texas Tech. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Southern Utah. They beat Sam Houston. They've lost to, at Kansas. They lost at TCU. They lost at Texas. And they're yeah. gonna, now, the line's up to seven and a half according to ESPN right now. This is not a bad football team. I have no idea why this line is seven and a half. And you get them at night. And like I said, this Mormon's full of Dr Pepper. Give me the Cougs plus the seven and a half and the special pajamas, baby. Let's roll. Oh, man. Was uh, that's your second week in a row you've had Iowa State and something, right? Or did we have Iowa yeah, State? Yeah, I had Iowa State. My, that was, I took that lock because the line made no sense to me. And it, 
Hey, you know it what? Was, it, it was. It ended up being a touchdown game, but it wasn't a touchdown game. Kansas handled them all day long. So. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt, uh, if uh, you still need time for your second one, we can. I, uh, I can go. Hey. My, my, my first one is Georgia Tech plus fourteen and a half at Clemson. Clemson's coming Let off down Saturday. Say again. Let down Saturday. Exactly. Yep. Huge win against Notre Dame. They're feeling themselves again. Both of these teams are still five and four. Um, and Clemson still got Cade Klubnick as their quarterback, who still makes mistakes. Um, I think this number is way too high. Um, yeah, maybe Clemson wins, but Georgia Tech's a good, you know, they're not the Georgia Tech of old. They've they've got some, I mean, they've won at Virginia. I know Virginia's Virginia, um, but also one at Miami, which we talked about. Um, so they've had some success on the road Georgia here. They, Tech and just beat North Carolina and and beat North Carolina. I mean, that's three wins. Even that was at home, but still, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they they've got some good wins on the season, and um, they're not going to be a slouch on the road. I, I I like this letdown Saturday. Exactly what Kev said. Fourteen and a half. Way too many points here. And then my other on the fly, just looking at, it, I'm going to give you a Big Ten game. I'm going to go with the Northwestern Wildcats, 10 and a half, getting 10 and a half at Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Um, Northwestern's defense is too good um, against a Wisconsin offense here <laughs> with, um, you know, Wisconsin's starting quarterback. Can't think of his name right now. Mordecai's out. Malusi's out. Braylon it, Allen might be out. Yeah, might be out. Yeah. I mean, it's just way, way too many points. They, it was, you know, it took an Iowa field goal last week at Wrigley Field to beat Northwestern. Um, Northwestern's defense is really, really solid. I, I, I do not see them losing by more than ten and a half here. Um, give me the Wildcats. Those are my two locks. Did you guys happen to see the tweet where they they put Northwestern and Iowa in black and white playing at Wrigley? Oh, it's hilarious! <laughs> oh, yeah. It was uh, the Sickos committee, I think. Yeah. Hey, hey what are, what are we looking at? Iowa Rutgers, uh, twenty-eight and a half total. Twenty-eight and a half. Is that lower than last week's Northwestern? It's, it's the low. lowest all-time low. Oh all-time my gosh! They they have the Iowa has the top three all-time lowest uh, over/under total. <clears throat> I can tell you guys one thing though: Illinois fans should be proud. Illinois and uh, Iowa next week is going to be over thirty. So don't you can guys can hold your breath. Take it's, good. it's not going to be lower than 28 and a half. So I think they're going to probably be 31, 32 ish type for next week. So uh, what, what, Matt mentioning let down Saturday has me thinking, and it's not a pick here, but this is what the show's all about. We talk about the lines. Oklahoma State goes hey. to UCF. Yep. Yep. UCF getting two and a half. This is a UCF team who gave Oklahoma <laughs> all they wanted in Norman a couple weeks back. It's not a bad football team. Yeah, they're four and five, but they're not bad. Just keep an eye on it. Oklahoma State feeling themselves, patting themselves on the back after Bedlam. <clears throat> that yeah. mullet, that mullet's getting conditioned. He's getting all the suave at once, man. He's probably getting all he's all nice and tan, ready to go down to Orlando. They, they, they could be like Kevin last year when uh we, Illinois went seven and one, and I actually bought my plane tickets to Indy. They could be the, the Oklahoma State fans are are are, are booking hotels in Dallas right now for the Big Twelve Championship game because they've got a schedule that works out pretty well for them. Uh, see, 
I think Vegas knows on this too, because this is a little bit of a funny line. Because yeah. I would have thought this would probably be like five and a half. Six, yeah, of, six and a half is in my mind. Yep. Yeah, instead of two and a half. So, uh, you know, I, I'm with you on that. I especially first half. Yes, um, love the first half line there. You probably they, they, point and a half or something like that. It, it might be like they're sleepwalking for for 24 minutes, and they need to wake up. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know you don't love touching on them because they're. I just got one, and I know it's a lot. Listen, Sean Garner mentioned something in our comments earlier, and I'm, look, I'm if I'm putting money on something, I'm putting some on this. We love Tommy DeVito time, okay? I'm so happy. I'm so proud of that dude. And he's scored a touchdown in every game he's played, by the way, in the NFL. That's awesome. Uh, so everybody, all the Giants fans went to shit on him. I'm like 15 and 20 for 175, you know, and like the, one of the, uh, apparently one of his interceptions was like a tip that really wasn't his fault, you know, and so, okay, yeah, but sack six times against the Raiders. He's playing the most fierce, nastiest pass rush. You know, in the NFL, Micah Parsons and, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and those boys are going to be fired up and angry after a, a game that they really should have beat the Eagles. They were the better team. Um, and, you know, you leave so many points in that red zone last week. You give up six sacks to the Raiders. I guess the Lions 16 right now. Uh, the Cowboys beat them by 40 in New York with, Don, you know, Daniel Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones. This is in this is in a Jerry World, and they're going to unleash the hounds. And CD's going to have near 200 yards, and Dak's going to throw for 350 and four touchdowns. I just can't see how the hell it's not more than 16, you guys. I'm just I'm going to be honest. So well, well, Ryan, and I, I, uh, we, we talk a little bit about this, like the gambling lines and stuff like that. It, it is like you're coming up, you're learning, and this is new for you. 16 is a huge number in the National Football League. That's like a 38-point spread in college football. It is a massive, massive number. It is. And I think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the only reason I'm saying this is just because I'm a Cowboys fan, so I keep up with them very, very well. So if there is one thing with the NFL, I do pay really close attention to the Cowboys. And when they win, they win. Like They do. They right. blow people out. They don't have close wins. If you've noticed, when if it's really close, they don't win. So they, there's they not dog, they no dog way. walk bad teams. They yeah. dog walk bad. Yeah, teams. They dog walk back teams, and that's why I'm saying, folks. And you know what? I bet you I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna feel good. Put money on Dallas over <laughs> New York this week. Hey, I, I will say this too. Check the uh, sacks prop. Sometimes you get some books that are funny Three lines there, something like that. <laughs> um, but. You know, if it's five and a half, six, six and a half, you might want to you might want to take take a look. Dak yeah. doesn't get Dak doesn't get um, sacked all that much, but you know sometimes he hangs back in the pocket. But I, you're right. I think Tommy DeVito will get sacked at least four times. Yeah, uh, and, and and again, some of them are oh, it's his fault. Well, I mean, the line is just terrible too. So yeah, uh, and it's like they're really going to be relying on mainly Saquon to. You know, save him and, and and do what he can do. But uh, so, anywho, maybe I'll be wrong, but I think I'm going to be right, and that's all right. Uh, so, anything else y'all want to add? Any late night, any uh, any uh, late night West Coast action? You know, San Jose State, Air Force lost their last. The Air Force lost. Did they? Navy. Yeah, they didn't lose. They didn't lose. Army beat that ass. 
Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, shoot. Fight for the right and to build the nation's might, and the army goes rolling <laughs> along. Did you go to that um, army Oklahoma game that was in Norman a few years ago that was like into overtime? Double I overtime? did not. No, I should have. And Army Navy's a bucket list of mine that I need to make happen sometime. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm shocked you haven't been to one of those yet. The uh, tickets are really expensive. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, other than that, uh, by the way, Toledo nine and one looking really good. Uh, yeah, I think before the season's over, they're going to be in the top 25 of that college football playoff. They might be, yeah, they might be. And, and you know what? And watch out if Tulane loses one of these next Tulane's been literally walking this slippery slope every week. They they sneak by like they snuck by Rice, you know, they, they've had two or three games the last few weeks, they've won by three, four. Let me tell you what, Florida Atlantic is four and five. They play them in Boca Raton next week. Their Florida Atlantic's averaging like 40 points a game in that conference. So uh, I won't be and, – and we've seen how good FAU can be. Yeah, I think I think they're going to – I think Tulane's going to lose one of these next few games. And if that happens, I think Toledo is a team who can jump into that group of five conversation. Uh, so – Watch it out, especially if they get to twelve and one and they win the MAC championship. You know, it, it, it it's possible, man, because the only loss would be Illinois. And if I'm just saying, crazier things have happened. So uh, the the people who earlier in the year were giving crap about Toledo, Toledo's a good team. Toledo would make a bowl game if they were in the Big Ten. So well, you're right. <clears throat> All right, you guys, that's it. NBA season starting. I don't know. Maybe once we'll get into that, huh? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> That's a I lot. Am terrible um, betting the NBA. It's the worst, the worst sport in the world to bet. Yeah, it is. It you really will, is. You will take a team like minus six and a half. It'll be like the halfway through the fourth quarter, and you're up 24 and a half points. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go to bed. Trailblazers, Trailblazers are up 24 and a half over over whoever. And then you wake up the next morning and the Trailblazers lost in regulation. You're like, what? What? I they lost. <laughs> I, I took um, to your point. The Trailblazers the other night on a live bet, um, they were like plus two forty six or something. I took them. They immediately went down like twelve points. Well, they were down ten with three minutes to go. Shut it off. They got it to overtime and won in overtime. But I mean, it's just how it is. And actually, I think it was like two and a half minutes. They were down by ten. That's about as much as I enjoy the fantasy basketball. It's just terrible. Oh yeah, like, I don't. Do I had people like, do you want to, do you want to play in my fantasy basketball league? And I'm thinking, okay, sure. I tried this about eight years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, every night you got to change your player out, like James yeah. Harden. You know, I'm like, oh, he's sitting out to rest tonight. You know, I'm like, it's just too much. It's yeah. too much. Yep. All right, you guys, that'll do it. Okay. Swam me out. I L L. I and I. Illinois over Indiana. <laughs>